So let's start today's show off with a brand new segment I like to call News Headlines Around the Internet. Net, net, echo. Starting with Kendall Jenner said breaking into modeling was harder because of her reality show. Sure, Jan. You delusional, privileged, rich girl. You're complaining that all the doors that were opened for you are letting in an uncomfortable breeze. Then, Fauci says you can do whatever you want on July 4th if you're vaccinated. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Now some dumb people are gonna say he was referring to indoor or like mass gatherings. I obviously think that he's talking about the purge. It's, it's right there, it's clear as day. I don't make the rules, he said what he said. And finally, Netflix is releasing a terrifying dating show called Sexy Beasts, and the trailer is basically a 90 second acid trip. It can't be that bad. I wanna get married, I wanna have babies. Before I'm like 26, do you have health insurance? Oh. There's interspecies relationships happening on my grounds. I won't stand for it. Then, we definitely have to talk about this story that I was going to put in the headline segment, but we have to dive deeper into the specifics. Uh, the headline reads, Redneck Rave Descends into Throat Slashing, Impalements, and Mass Arrests. Also, yes, if you were wondering, that sign that the Daily Mail included in their coverage does say what you think it says. Right, so let's talk about the details. There was a five-day country music festival that took place at the Blue Holler Off-Road Park, Kentucky. The event ran from the 16th to the 20th. It was dubbed the Redneck Rave, and it was organized by a country rapper known as Justin Time. Among other activities, it promised live music, a demolition derby, a midnight mud run, and it was billed as America's wildest and craziest country party, with promoters claiming to have sold 20,000 tickets, which varied between $50 and $250. And I mean, just to set the tone, right off the bat, you had police and Edmondson County saying, Rocky Start, finding meth, marijuana, and an open bottle of alcohol in literally the first vehicle that they stopped at a traffic checkpoint. With that, by the way, being on top of the fact that one of the people in the car had two active warrants out for their arrest. And in fact, by the end of the festival, police said that they charged 48 people from five states and arrested 14 of them. Now, that said, most of the charges were drug, alcohol, or traffic related, but some of the most disturbing reports to come out from the event include one person who is still at large slitting the throat of their supposed friend, a 29-year-old man also allegedly strangled a woman until she passed out in a fight that was over a blanket. Meanwhile, a different person lost part of their finger after his vehicle, which was lifted up using a jack, slipped off and landed on his hand. You had another impaled in the abdomen after driving over a two to three inch log that broke through the bottom of his recreational vehicle, with that man actually having to be airlifted to the hospital with the log still inside him. And keep in mind, this is on top of, of course, the separate reports of lacerations, broken bones, and other injuries, which, depending on how you score things overall, this actually may have been more tame than last year. Because yes, while there was all out insanity, there were no reported deaths, which you can't say the same of one of last year's redneck raves. And what's wild about this event is it was kind of like two completely different understandings and versions of it. Like on one side, you have the local police seemingly exhausted knowing that this event was gonna be a problem because of the past gatherings overwhelming their personnel. Law enforcement even trying to prepare for the event by putting deputies on mandatory overtime and enlisting the help of volunteers because the authorities there don't normally have the budget or the staff to provide 24 hour coverage. And in fact, they were so overwhelmed, they didn't even have enough personnel to manage the event itself, with the sheriff's office deciding to catch offenders outside the perimeter of the festival's location, hoping to at least contain any illegal activity from the surrounding neighborhoods. But then, on the other side of this, you have just in time seeming to spin that, suggesting the violence wasn't happening on the festival's watch. Also seemingly loving that they're getting this coverage and announcing another three-day redneck rave for October 2021. Then, in which celebrity is apologizing today news, we have the Adonis 
that is Michael B. Jordan. And so essentially, like we've seen with a lot of other celebrities, he decided to launch a liquor brand, with him launching a rum over the weekend under the name Juve, which immediately became a problem because you had people, including some of his fans, accusing the brand of cultural appropriation and exploitation. And that's because it uses the name of an annual festival held in Trinidad and Tobago, along with other Caribbean islands during Carnival, to celebrate Caribbean culture and emancipation from slavery. And no, Jordan's business partner on the project is from Trinidad. Jordan has no ties to the culture, so many accused him of seemingly treating it as an aesthetic, with others also worrying about the name being trademarked, fearing that it could erase Juve history as people come to just associate it with the name of his drink. Right, so there you had people comparing it to when Kim Kardashian wanted to name her brand Kimono. Right, understand this isn't kind of like one or two people were kind of angry and then it got turned into a story. At one point, Trinidad and Tobago's Minister of Trade and Industry said this might be of interest to their government. On Tuesday, you had Nicki Minaj, who is Trinidadian, calling on Jordan to address the issue, which was notable not only because she is such a big artist that of course put an even bigger spotlight on the situation, but because it's a dramatic shift from how she's talked about Michael B. Jordan in the past. Um, shout out to Donatella Versace for custom making this outfit for me and shout out and shout out to Michael B. Jordan because he's going to be taking it off of me tonight. But whether it be the prospect of potentially losing that opportunity and or just general public pressure, it appeared to actually be effective. With Michael B. Jordan just a few hours later writing on his Instagram story, I just want to say on behalf of myself and my partners, our intention was never to offend or hurt a culture we love and respect and hope to celebrate and shine a positive light on. Saying the last few days have been a lot of listening, a lot of learning and engaging in countless community conversations. In closing, we hear you, I hear you, and want to be clear that we are in the process of renaming. We sincerely apologize and look forward to introducing a brand we can all be proud of. And maybe the cynic in me, just like that, Michael B. Jordan got millions upon millions of dollars of free promotion for his soon-to-be-named liquor brand. Then we had Logan Paul back in the news right on the heels of his very lucrative cuddle session with Floyd Mayweather. And this because there's been growing speculation and allegations that he may have actually broken the law. So reportedly, Logan was cited in the UK this week, potentially for a collab with uh, the group Sidemen or some other project. And so with that, you have people speculating that he may have violated England's quarantine and travel restrictions by going out and about. Some saying yesterday that Logan had been spotted walking around on the street and had allegedly gone to England just four days ago, though it is hard to verify exactly when he got there. But that said, assuming that he was traveling from the United States, which is designated in England as an amber country, he is required to quarantine for 10 days upon arrival. Which means that yes, he may have broken that rule, but uh, it also gets a little bit murky. Some noting that their various jobs are exempt from these rules, but you know, that's mainly essential or kind of an emergency kind of work. Also, I mean, we don't know if he got a different kind of exemption, any of the details. Also, you have people pointing to the fact that he may have used kind of a a test to release scheme, right? That allows people to end their quarantine early if they test negative, but you can only do so starting on day five. So people were speculating if you only arrived four days ago, it doesn't add up, but once again, it's unconfirmed. But from that, I wanna take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Noom. You know, Noom is a new and different way to lose weight, get healthy, and achieve your goals using proven cognitive behavioral therapy tools and practices. Personally, I started using Noom several months ago to develop healthier habits, and I'm actually benefiting from that by feeling better, not as sluggish or un motivated. Because while this journey of mine is going to take a while, especially as I try to develop new habits, it definitely helped me with not making the best decisions for myself. And Noom specifically is different because it leverages psychology and science to help people live healthier lives. Strive for progress, not perfection. Basically, just do what works for you, which is the type of encouragement that personally I need. Things that improve my daily habits. And with articles and real-life coaches to support you, uh, also a quick shout-out to mine. Hello, Stephanie. Thank you for putting up with my whining. Uh, the, The program reminds me to make better choices and that it takes 
practice. And with that, you get rewarded with results. Basically, it's the pep talks, motivation, support, and reminders that you need when life gets away from you. So what health goals are you trying to achieve? Just head over to trynoom.com slash Phil and take Noom's 30-second quiz for free to create a truly custom program for you. Then, in potentially big creator and, more importantly, independent creator news, we should look to Twitter. Yes, because along with announcing interesting news about them, they have opened up applications for super follows and ticketed spaces. Right, so super follows, think of it kind of like a, a Patreon. You get exclusive content, community access, subscriber-only newsletters, supporter badge, stuff like that. And ticketed spaces is exactly what it sounds like. They have Twitter spaces, which of course is their, their kind of clubhouse clone. It's an audio conversation between the host, whoever they bring on, you have the audience there. If you qualify and you get accepted, you can sell tickets to that space. Right, so on one hand, I could do something like filming my podcast, a conversation with, maybe I have the guests come in on that, or I just allow people to listen live. I sell tickets to that, I find a new way to monetize, and or uh, probably because the internet is the internet, one of the biggest ticketed spaces right off the bat will be some only fangirl farting into her iPhone. Which, hey, no hate, but you know that's what's going to happen. But, pun intended, one of the biggest, pun again intended, one of the biggest things that Twitter announced with this is that they said they will only take 3% of revenue generated. And then, like a progressive tax plan, once that creator makes $50,000, the company will begin to take 20% from that point on. But also, keep in mind, this doesn't take into account that a lot of this is happening on the phone, which means that 30% will likely be taken out by Apple App and Google Play stores. But still, this is incredibly significant creator news because it's going to allow a lot of people that haven't been able to monetize to monetize. And, I mean, for most all creators, and I feel like this is true across the board, you can make what you're doing far more sustainable and actually bring in way more money from doing things directly with your audience than uh, taking sponsorships, which no shade to sponsorships. Thank you to the sponsors. Then, in really interesting news and in this really interesting moment, I want to talk about Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Army General Mark A. Milley. Right, so to set the stage for you, you had several people speaking before House Armed Services, this including General Milley, as well as Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Right, and from this, there were several narratives being thrown around online. I mean, for example, you had Representative Matt Gates tweeting out a video where he said that he confronts Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin on the military's advocacy of critical race theory. Right, and in the video, you have Gates say, How should should the Department of Defense think about critical race theory? General Milley wants to make a comment at the time, is unable to, but Secretary Austin says... I don't, I don't know what the, what the issue of critical race theory is and what the relevance here uh, in, with the department. We do not teach critical race theory. We don't, we don't embrace uh, critical race theory, and I think, I think that's a spurious... Uh, uh, Conversation. With the secretary then going on to note, as far as the things that maybe uh, people inside of the military are talking about, they've actually enjoyed having the ability to speak to one another. Then, in addition to that, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was then later able to give his comment. And I really just wanted to share it in its entirety because I think it's an incredibly important mindset to have. First of all, on the issue of critical race theory, etc., I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually. Uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that, because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding? 
having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service and you and I are both Green Berets, but I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. Then, in no way surprising, but still incredibly important political news, we should talk about all 50 Senate Republicans voting yesterday to block the voting rights bill aimed at countering the growing wave of election restrictions imposed by GOP governors and legislatures. Once again, even as I'm out there trying to enjoy a fat daddy summer, maybe you're having a hot girl summer, we cannot downplay the incredible significance here. This is the entire Republican caucus voting against even opening up debate on a bill that attempts to bolster American democracy at a time where it is endangered. Democrats who all voted unanimously to open debate, yes, that even includes Cinema and Manchin, they condemned the move, with party leaders and President Biden promising to redouble their efforts to pass federal voting rights legislation into law. But also being honest with the situation, there are very few paths forward for Democrats to pass voting rights legislation. I mean, any hope of bipartisanship is basically off the table. Even Manchin, right, who was like, let's do compromise. This is all about bipartisanship. All the Republicans like, you thought we were being serious? No, shut your dumb face. It's really the only remaining option for Democrats would be to get rid of the filibuster. But it doesn't look like the Democrats have the votes for that either. I mean, a day before the vote, Kirsten Sinema, who is a Democrat and a vocal opponent of scrapping the filibuster, wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post defending her view, an argument that some have called simply incoherent to its core. It's because in her op-ed, she said, you know, if we destroy the filibuster, we will lose much more than we gain. And saying to those who want to eliminate the legislative filibuster to pass the For the People Act, I would ask, would it be good for our country if we did, only to see that legislation rescinded a few years from now and replaced by a nationwide voter ID law or restrictions on voting by mail in federal elections over the objections of the minority. To which her critics are saying that is already happening. It's just happening state by state right now. You have voting restrictions of all kinds being passed by Republican controlled legislative majorities. But while I'm a cynic and I don't believe that things will change and that people will change their opinions, things could still change, especially because we're already seeing a new wave of mounting pressure from numerous progressive lawmakers and groups, including Representative Ayanna Presley, who tweeted, the people did not give Democrats the House, Senate, and White House to compromise with insurrectionists. Abolish the filibuster so we can do the people's work. But for now, we'll just wait and see. And uh, you know, it's, it's only democracy in the balance. <laughs> no big deal, back to your hot girl summers. And ultimately with this story, or honestly anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below because this, yes, it's a news show, but it's also a conversation. And two, uh, this is the end. Thanks for watching, like, and subscribe, and all the good stuff. Bye.